really good to welcome you to church this morning. My name's Simon, the associate pastor. If you don't know who I am, there's a few new people here this morning, and that's great, and you're really welcome, and we hope you have a, a fantastic time with us this morning. And this morning is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to, to all your, your dads out there. And today I, I get to conclude the, the series that we've been in. Um, the, this Born Identity series with a, with a talk on Born Legacy. And if you've missed any of the talks over the last two weeks, then I really recommend that you listen to them on our podcast. They've been great. Uh, and you can do that by going onto our website, www.zionetwork.org, clicking on Downloads, uh, and then you'll find them there. But before I start this morning, I know we've already prayed, but I, I want to pray again. See, Leon started the series in the first week, uh, and he put a great foundation down talking about our identity. And he also talked about the up-and-coming EU referendum. And as the voting for that is this Thursday, I'd really like us to pray. I'd like us to pray for our nation, because we're, we're called to do so. And then you can't escape either this week, the the tragic news uh, on Thursday of Joe Cox, a, a member of parliament, killed as she was serving her constituency. It's just terrible. It's shocking. She leaves behind her, her husband and two young children. And I want us to pray for the, her right now, and well, for her family right now, and then for the pending vote on Thursday. I want to pray that there would be wisdom, that whatever the outcome, that our nation, the country that we live in would be united, that there'd be no further re repercussions, and, and that ultimately it would be God who has the loudest voice in all of this. So will you join with me and pray? And what we're going to do in a moment, we're, we're going to pray some liturgy again, and, and that just means simply guided prayer. There'll be some words that, that I read out, and then we'll all repeat uh, some things together. But, but right now, let's pray. And why don't we stand for, for a moment or two just uh, to do this? And, and you pray too. So, so let's pray. Father God, I want to pray right now as we start our time together. I, I want to pray for the, for the family of Joe Cox as they're still coming to terms with losing a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother. Father's Day today is, is going to look so different for them. But today I pray that they would know of a heavenly Father who is close to them, who is close to them in their pain, and who embraces them through their pain. I pray that they would know of the God of comfort and strength, and that it would be your love that would see them through. I also go ask, Father God, that they'd be able to grieve privately over the next couple of days and, and, and weeks ahead without any media intrusion. Father, unite them as a, a family, I pray. And then for the, for the vote on Thursday, I pray that there would be wisdom, wisdom before and after it. And whatever the outcome we pray that our nation would be united and not divided. I pray for your peace. I pray for wisdom in those, for, for those in, in leadership and authority over us. But I pray ultimately, as we've just sang, 
that we would know that you are God alone and you're in control and that we'd have complete confidence in that. And now, as uh, this prayer will come up on, on the screen, there are hundreds of churches today all up and down the country saying this. So let's join together. What will happen is I'll read the first bits out and then we'll all say, oh, God, have mercy together, the, the bold bits at the end. So let's remain standing and, and let's pray this. Almighty God, Lord, we need your wisdom. Grant us to understanding and clarity so that we can see the issues clearly. Oh God, have mercy. Lord, we realize that the decision we make is not just for ourselves, but for the generations to come. So we ask that you will give us time to reflect, to weigh up all the information and to seek your guidance. Oh God, have mercy. Lord, help us to treat one another with respect, to seek peace and to listen to one another. Help us to treat people with grace and dignity that you may be honored in what we say and how we say it. Oh God, have mercy. Lord, after a decision is made, grant us to accept it and to move forward together with unity of purpose, seeking the best for every citizen. Oh God, have mercy. Lord, help us to be a people who live in peace and forgiveness, seeking to be a blessing to others, pointing always to the love that flows from you alone. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can take your seats. And I'm not going to say anything else uh, about the vote on Thursday, apart from, please vote. <laughs> it's your right. Uh, check all the facts out for yourself and vote how you want, but vote. So this morning, it is Father's Day. We can't get away from that. And if you're a dad this morning, we've got a gift for you after the service. It's a chocolate bar, so please pick it up. It's, it's yours to take. And no, it's not one per child. It's just one. I was genuinely asked that this week. And you see, mothers wouldn't ask that question, and that's the difference right there. And I want to start this morning by sharing some personal good news. I'm going to share the Word of God, which is always good news. But I want to share some personal good news with you this morning. And it couldn't be better timing uh, than on Father's Day that I'm going to be a father again. Thank you. D, my wife, and that's important, is 16 weeks pregnant. And those on social media will know this. Um, but those who aren't, it may be uh, you're hearing this for the first time. And just to read, just, no, I won't say that. She's not putting weight on. She's pregnant. There you go. And I only share this this morning because last year I shared some personal and some painful news with you. So today I feel it's only right to share the, the joyful news. And I want to thank you for your prayers, for, for standing with us during that, that time. And please, I, I want to ask you, continue to pray. Please pray that we have a boy, because if, if we have a girl, I, I'm moving out. <laughs> I'm joking. So today, 
So today, on Father's Day, we want to honor dads and the role they play. And again, I'm, I'm aware this, this can be a difficult day for many. And there's many reasons for that. It's today we think about our individual fathers and, and we want to mark that. But I, for one, want to also thank the father figures that are in my life who have helped me continue uh, uh, to help on my journey following Christ. I want to thank, you know, that's from my first, first youth pastor who, who spent loads of time with me and investing in me. Uh, and then to the many spiritual fathers I have in this church. Some that are not that older than me, but that are further on than me in my faith. And I want to say here as an aside, don't be mistaken to be a father figure that it's an age thing. It really doesn't have to be. If you're further in your faith than someone, father them, mother them, help them along. And I want to say thank you. Thank you to you for being a father figure to me. And I'm sure, like I said, we've all got people or have had people who have done that for us, who have passed on wisdom, who have supported you through difficult times, who have encouraged you and championed you on. If so, thank them. Today's an opportunity to do that. If not, find one. I really want to encourage you to do that too. See, there are many incredible fathers of the faith in this church and to those as well as our own dads, we want to honour you today. You too can have a part, bar of chocolate uh, as you leave. Then let's not forget our Father in heaven. Because in him, we have a Father who is always there, always with us. In him, we have a Father who's always home. And if you are a follower of Christ this morning, you can say with confidence that your dad is the greatest because in God we have the perfect father and it's why today regardless of our circumstances we can celebrate father's day and we honor him and it was nice this morning I'm not gonna lie waking up to lots of presents and I'm really looking forward to later going to my favorite restaurant for lunch and I'm not sure how Cara's gonna pay for that but hey Actually, I'm well aware it's Dee, again, my wife, who's doing that. And that's often the case, isn't it, when you have small children. But you know, as husbands and wives, as fathers and mothers, we should all celebrate and champion each other on and celebrate these days, Father's and Mother's Day. And one young boy, boy described Father's Day like this. It's just like Mother's Day, but you don't have to spend as much. That's not the case with me. I'm not having it. I'm also aware there are many single parents out there, moms, again, for whatever reason, and they have to play the role of dad too. They raise their children single-handedly. And then also for the fostering and adoptive parents. For me, you are superheroes, and we honor you today also. I was able to call my dad this morning and wish him a happy Father's Day, something I'm extremely grateful for. But I also thank God for mothers too. You see, if it was left to my dad, I'd know how to strip a car engine to pieces and put it back together. But I'd have starved to death in the process. You see, it's not that my dad couldn't cook. He could. He'd just forget about the small detail of feeding us at mealtimes. 
and probably I've got that from him, but I know I've done that myself. How many other dads have... No, don't put your hands up. <laughs> dads say and do the funniest things, but here are five things that you'll never hear a dad say. Number five, of course you can have the keys to my new car. Take it, it's yours, and don't even replace the petrol. Number four, well, how about that? I think I'm lost. I'm going to have to stop, pull over, and ask for directions. <laughs> yeah, right. Number three, here's my credit card. Take yourself on a shopping spree. You go crazy. Number two, why would you want to go and get a job? I make plenty of money for you to spend. You go back to bed. And number one, what do I want for Father's Day? You don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Keep your money to yourself. Actually, they might say this, but they won't mean it. So you've still got time to buy a present. Dads are great, and they play a huge role in the raising of a child. And I read a, a quote this week, and Leon's already put it on Facebook. It says this, almost any man can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a dad, to be a daddy. And we need more fathers, don't we, to become dads in our world today. You know, it's said that if you win a man to Christ, most likely you'll win the family to Christ too. Statistics show that if you reach the husband and father of the home, the family follows 87% of the time. If you reach the wife and mother of the family, 13% of them follow. And I know we have to be careful, cautious with statistics, but there's a huge difference there, isn't there? And God himself describes himself. God describes himself as father. He's our perfect father and shows us throughout the Bible uh, how he lives up to that. And also in the Bible, we have many examples of other great fathers who have left an incredible legacy to their children. One of my favorite Bible characters is Obadidim. It's a great name as well, isn't it? I love it. There's not much uh, written about him. You may not have heard about him. He's a Bible character in the Old Testament. And he left a, a legacy that lasted 62 generations. That's incredible. His children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-great-grandchildren. You, you get the picture. This continued for 62 generations. They all followed God because he first had a relationship with God. That's massive. And I don't know about you, but as a father, that's the, the legacy I want to leave my children. See, money, material stuff, that will come and go. But our relationship with God is eternal. And dads, we have to have an eternal perspective and not an earthly one. And I want to show you in the Bible some things that we can learn. And then I want to give you some things that we see in God's character as a father that we can all know and accept, but then pass on to our children. And as it's Father's Day, I've come up with some things for fathers that will help them. But hopefully, they'll be beneficial to everyone, whether you're that lone parent being a dad to uh, a spiritual parent or hope to be uh, a parent one day. The story is in John, the fourth book uh, of the Bible in the New Testament. And don't worry if you haven't got your Bible. The words will come up on the screens. It's John 4, 
verses 45 to 53, and they say this. So when he arrived in Galilee, he being Jesus, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at, at what's it? Capernaum. I always have trouble saying that for some reason. Always lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Verse 48, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. I love this last verse. Then the father realized that was the exact time at which Jesus said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. That's a, a great story there. And this happens just after Jesus' first miracle where he turned water into wine. It's a great miracle to start with, isn't it? And this royal official, he's heard about that and he knows Jesus is back in Cana and he does everything to go and see him. He's desperate to get in front of Jesus. And I want to give you three things that we can learn from this royal official. And they are, you know, we can't do this alone. And that we have to make sacrifices. And then we have to trust and believe. You see, the, the royal official, he realizes his need for Jesus. And so must we. The royal official he lived in a different town. He would, he would have walked 20 miles to see Jesus. He's desperate. You see, he doesn't have the answer to the problem he has. But he's heard of someone who possibly does. And we can't do this alone, can we? There's sometimes as a parent, as a father especially, we need help. And I'm so glad that we have help. See, we haven't just heard of the one that can help if you're a follower of Christ this morning. We know the one that can help. And that comes from our personal relationship with God. You know, if you want to be a, a good father, if you want to be a good parent, then you have to look to your heavenly father and involve him in every detail. Next, sacrificial. This man had authority. He was a, a royal official probably uh, an officer in Herod's service. But what happens is he lays his authority down. He sacrifices his authority and comes under Jesus's authority so that he could have the best for his son. The Bible says that he begs Jesus. He begs Jesus. You know, if you want the best for you, if we want the best for our children, then we're going to have to make some sacrifices here you better believe it. We're going to have to lay some things down. And that's going to be different for us all. But it's something we all have to do. See, for the royal official, 
It was his reputation. And he sacrifices that reputation because of his responsibility. You see, he's a father first and foremost. And as fathers, we have responsibilities, which means there are going to have to be sacrifices. We have to love and give sacrificially, just like God, our Father, does for us. Thirdly, the royal official trusted and believed. You know, when Jesus said to him, go, your son will live, he did just that. He, he went he traveled home. He trusted and believed. And I want to say this is the one of the, the greatest things you can pass on to your children. You see, they watch and learn how you live out your faith. They're watching you, <laughs> how you trust and believe. So what is it you're showing them? For my children, and when it comes to my faith, I want my ceiling to be their floor. I want that to be their starting point. I want to be the one that leads them, that encourages them, that spurs them on in their own faith. I want to leave a legacy that will not just last a lifetime, but for eternity. And I believe we can all do that. And actually, we're called to do that. As a result, the royal official, as a result of the royal official's encounter with Jesus uh, and, and having faith, Verse 53 says this, his entire household believed. See, we see right there that 87% uh, statistic, that's hard to say, become a reality. But actually, it's, it's better than that. Because in this guy's household, there have been many servants, many servants who also come to believe in Jesus too. See, his faith was contagious. And ours has to be too. See, we're able to leave a, a legacy because we have a, a born legacy. God gives us that. And we see how we can be godly fathers, godly parents. By the way, God fathers all of us. And there's another three things that I want to show you from God's character that we can all know from our daddy today. This is what he does for us. The first is, God is our provider. He's our provider. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. It's his nature. It's who he is. And we must be too. See, God gave us everything. He gave his one and only son that we could have a, a relationship with him. And as fathers, as parents, we must be providers. And I'm not just talking money here. God does so much more for that than us. Money's, not, uh, uh, money's a part, but it's not the main part. See, as, as fathers, we have to provide physically, emotionally, and spiritually. See, we're to provide love. We're to provide wisdom, friendship, counsel, perspective, and insight. All of these things that God provides for us as children, we have to pass on to our children. The next is protector. You need to know this morning, God, your dad is your protector. He fights on your behalf. Exodus 14 and verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. 
And again, as fathers, as parents, we have to do the same for our families. We have to fight for them, to protect them at all costs. You see, the, the, Bible, the Bible says that we have an enemy, a, a thief, who comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. You need to know that, that that's not only aimed at you, but it's aimed at your family too, your children. And I don't know about you, I'm sort of okay with the enemy having a go at me. It's fair game. I can look after myself. I like or used to like a good fight. But it's a, a different game, ball game, when it comes to my children. You better believe the devil knows that I'm going to fight for them. Fathers, we have to be protectors. For me, it's one of the most important roles we have. Then God's character, in God's character, he's a promoter. He always speaks and encourages uh, his words over us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, God delights in you. He rejoices over you with singing. And we have the Bible, God's word, which builds us up. It encourages us and it lets us know how much God loves us. And, and as fathers, as parents, we have to do the same. See, our words have to build our children up. They have to encourage them and we have to let them know how much we love them. See, be a promoter. Give your children praise. See, the words you speak over them will shape them. And sadly, we see the opposite. We see the negative side of this in our world today with many parents out there saying that their kids are useless, that they're worthless, and that they'll never amount to anything. And guess what? When they're grown up, they've sadly become just that. So fathers, parents, speak life over your children. Praise them. Call the best out of them. You know, when they've done a good job, tell them they've done a good job. You watch their face when you tell them that you're proud of them, that you believe in them. See it light up. It makes a difference to them. So praise them always. And I'm not talking falsely here. I'm, I'm talking truthfully, saying this is what I see in you. You know, you are unique. You are gifted you are blessed by God. Promote them often because it's what God does to us. Those three things are God's character. It's his, it's his nature. It's how he fathers us. He's our daddy. But then there are three things I want to finish with that, that we should already instinctively be doing as fathers, as parents. And the first one is this, we, we need to play. We need to have more fun. See, family fun is an important part of building a strong family identity. When families have fun together, it builds a bond that can last a lifetime. Your children may never remember how much money you've spent on them. You will, you're probably keeping tabs, they won't but they will always remember the fun times, the memories made over time. So always continue to have fun, to make memories, no matter how old or young 
your children are. The next is pray. We should always pray for them, but also pray with them. See, we should be the ones who teach our children to pray and then spend time with them praying. See, as fathers, as parents, you have the highest calling over your children. It's not the youth or family's pastor or me as associate pastor. It's you as fathers and mothers. We have to realize that this is a privilege and never a chore. See, every Monday, I take Cara to school because I'm off then. And as we travel in the car together, I always pray for her as she starts school. It's one of my favorite times of the week, praying together in the car on the journey to school. It's a a real highlight. And now every Monday, as soon as Cara gets in the car, she says, Daddy, let's pray. And I don't want to appear super spiritual and have it all together because I really don't. And I'm probably not teaching her uh, well enough how to pray because often she just prays for Aston Villa because her own, in her own words, she says that they're rubbish and that they need it. She's got wisdom, if nothing else. But however little or often you pray, I want to say your children need to hear you pray. So pray with them and for them. The last one is presence. And all the kids uh, just come awake there when they heard that. Give your children presents. Treat them now and again. But there's a catch. The presents I'm talking about are really the ones money can't buy. You see, the best presents you can give your children are your marriage and your relationship with God. See, let your children know that you love them. We've covered that already. But also let them know that you love their mom. You love your wife and that you're united on all fronts. See, Cara, again, she has a way of twisting me round her little finger. But she always know, knows that I'll never go against what Dee's already said. And believe me, she's tried. She's very crafty, but she's had to learn this. And having a united front, an agreed set of boundaries is important. And I also want to suggest kind to any child because then they know where they stand. And showing affection, you know, teenagers may be grossed out by that. Showing, you know, their parents showing any kind of affection, but do it anyway. You see, because what you're doing is showing them that affection is important. You're setting an example to them for when they're older and eventually married themselves. See, a healthy, loving, united marriage is one of the best presents you can give to your children. The second one, as I said, is your relationship with God. Never be afraid to show your children that you love God and that he's first in your life. This is a legacy worth leaving. Your children watch and see how you live out your faith. I've said that. And in the early years, Uh, Children often emulate uh, the relationship you have with God. But this has to continue in their older years, even even when things may get difficult. See, leaving a, a godly legacy is our purpose as parents. And I'm not just speaking to fathers now. This is for us all, for for mothers and, uh, uh, and fathers. 
because it requires both. And a godly legacy begins when we're intentional parents who creates a home that honors God. See, being a a godly parent, it, it takes wisdom, courage, and patience mixed with a huge dose of grace and forgiveness. And that's why it takes a a father and a mother to do this. But you can do this because we've been given a, a legacy by God, which means we can leave a legacy for God. You see, we have his help through his character in how he fathers us. And again, at the end of the day, he chose you to parent that child and he'll equip you to do the job if you'll allow him. I want to invite the band to come back. You know, it's today, as it's Father's Day, we can actually all honour and celebrate our dad because in God we have the ultimate father, the perfect father. Galatians 4 and verse 6 says this, and we are his children. God has sent the spirit of his son to our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Another translation of that is Daddy. We have a God who cares for us, who loves us, who is involved in every detail. We can call him Daddy. You can know him as Daddy today. Regardless of what circumstance you're in, whether you are a father or not, I want us to know that we can leave here knowing that we have a good, good father. And knowing and having confidence that we are loved by him. See, he's our provider. He's our protector. And he's our promoter. This Father's Day, let's praise our God, our Father, our Daddy who is that good, good father. And we're going to stand and we're going to finish with this incredible song, giving that thanks, giving that praise to God. When you sing these words, take them in. He's a good, good father. He loves you. He cares about you. So let's stand. Let's sing. Let's celebrate our daddy today. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who we are. And this Father's Day, we want to honour and celebrate all you dads out there but we also want to honour and celebrate our perfect father we can all do that and I pray that you would leave here knowing that you have a, a good good father and that you are loved by him may that as we conclude this series be your born identity 
Every one of us has the right to be children of God. I pray that you would know him as your good, good father. So Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that in you, we have the perfect father. We don't need to look anywhere else. In you, we have everything we need. Father, I pray people would leave here knowing their identity securely in you. Lord, fill the people. Fill your children, I pray. Pour out your spirit to overflowing. Let them live in that identity, in that assurance that they're loved by you. That's who they are. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen.